Hello, good sir. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, how you doing, bro? I'm good. You got... You just... I was going to say you got a second to talk? Yeah, yeah, I'm just uh, about to... I'm in the car now, about to go DoorDash for a bit, but probably that busy second talk. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, you've been doing DoorDash? Uh, yeah, I'm working at FedEx still, but, um, and I was doing a little bit of DoorDash before that. That's kind of what I turned to after I lost my job getting <laughs> COVID. Yeah. Uh, but then my car's also kind of a piece of shit, and it was going through stuff then. Um, so I've been doing it less, but I didn't want to work full-time at FedEx because I actually like DoorDashing. And I, I like FedEx too, but enough, but if I did that full-time, I just feel like it would take a toll on my body. Oh, yeah, dude. I worked at the warehouse, the Kroger warehouse for like three weeks and i was like uh i think you know i think like happiness is is definitely you know not worth money for sure you know it just doesn't equal i like that um yeah and yeah it's just shitty i, I know how that feels you worked at the one here in lebanon uh n- yeah it was kroger and like blue ash it was the kroger warehouse in blue ash oh, okay. yeah so it was like in a freezer and you're working in like zero and negative 15 degree weather it was pretty oh. sick uh, but you got to drive these little machines around that made you feel like you were in Star Wars, like, flying around on those little things. Yeah, dude, we got something similar, like, little tuggers, like, trains that carry boxes and Yeah. Yeah, dude, those things are fun. Mm-hmm. Ours was, like, a little lift, like, it had a button, and there was, like, a speed button, too, so you'd be, like, speeding through the whole thing. I don't know, it was a good time. <laughs> well, it was actually a shitty time, but remembering it fondly is more fun, you know? Right, right. <laughs> um... But I just uh, actually finished up your episode with Sule. I re-listened to it. Finally got around to re-listening to it. And I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't finish it the first time. Because at the end, I, you guys were talking about, like, you wish you had a, a, a machine that could just pump out art, you know? <laughs> and, uh... Do you really? Yeah, you, saying that. Yeah, he was just like, well, like a factory. Like, and, like, get a bunch of Chinese labor workers. I mean, that was <laughs> your words, not mine, you know? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, now I remember that. Yeah, as soon as you said Chinese uh, workers, I... Yeah, that was the key word. <laughs> yeah, no, um, but think about it, bro. Like, that, everything you guys were talking about, even, like, collaboration and whatnot, is, like, Sound Machine. Did you listen to, to the um, the New Gorillas Sound Machine? Uh, no, I didn't yet. I really want to. Um, I, I think I've heard a couple of the singles. Were they, were they all singles? Is that how it worked, or...? Uh, there was only, yeah, there was quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, there were a few singles, I, I will admit. I think there was like five or six, but all of them okay, were fire. Um, kind of combined to make like a playlist. Well, no, and then they actually released an album with all, like... Okay, so it is an album, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's crazy. It's Sound Machine Season 1. Uh, like, you know, Gorillaz Presents Sound Machine Season 1, you know? And, okay. And, dude, it's just crazy because like all of those i don't know which singles you listen to but like the first one was desole which features um i don't know how to say her name it's like fatwa kwamwa i don't know something like that but she um but she's like a uh i think like an african singer who sings like like african melodies and whatnot and he just has like the gorilla guitar like the light kind of happier guitar and then she just uh, dude (laughs) And that's just the first one. And then you got Slow Tie from the UK. Um, he brings on a song, um, Six Six Lack or whatever his name is, Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Elton John on, on one track. And so, like, I mean, what? yeah, it, it's a really it's a really crazy album. First of all, just and that's what I'm saying. Like the, the just the concept of of Sound Machine. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. a machine pumping out music, just going. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's all fire. And uh, but, but so, and also think about this, like it's bringing people all over from the world. It's like diff, doing different types of like, uh, uh-huh. music that originate in different cultures. But then also that song with that song with six lakh and Elton is like bringing together generations. You know what I mean? Like he has a bunch yeah, of older yeah. artists, a bunch of older artists and like new artists and stuff on there. He's a little double whammy there. That's pretty sick. Yeah. So- what way was it similar to? I'm trying to refresh my memory of what we, what exactly we said as far as like how that kind of relates. What, what were we talking about that? Um, well, the collaboration that kind of modeled that. Yeah, it was like you guys were talking about, um, like, uh, like how creativity has become with the internet, almost like people who are genuinely trying to express 
what they want to express through art are part of like a team, like part of like a collaboration. So that, that's adding into this thing that is the internet and like art on the internet and just um, art nowadays. And that's the sound machine is they got everybody together and the, and the sound machine took over and they kept adding to the, <laughs> to the piece of the puzzle. Exactly, dude. And, and it's just like random stuff. I mean, it's, it's just all sorts of different. Like there's like an 80s sounding song. There's like, you know, a classic, a couple classic gorilla sounding songs, but there's like also a bunch of new stuff and like older stuff. Huh. And, that's sweet, dude. Yeah, I remember you recommending it. I'll listen to it today while I'm dashing for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, JPEG Mafia is on there. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. I don't know. Yeah, just like all these. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I don't know. It's a it's a crazy good album. But also good episode, dude. I, I haven't. What I've noticed recently is like I've been living in Athens for a while, and like last year when I was in Athens. I kind of reverted to, I was like, I was kind of like isolated mentally, I feel like from the college lifestyle. I don't know why. Uh, uh-huh. I just don't think it's, uh, you know, for me as much like going out to bars and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, so, you know, I, I was trying to, I, I reverted to like this state. It was like this first the thing is, like, it's happening again, but I've recognized the pattern where it's like I re- reverted into this, like, depressive state where I'm just kind of down. But then while I'm down, it's like, well, what do I have while I'm down here? And I go and look into creativity and art, like, you know what I mean? And just, like, coming back to that, that, like, realization of, like, oh, yeah, this has always got me, no matter what, you know? Yeah, 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 it gives you a leg to stand on. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and so, like, I've been kind of in Athens, it's like, there's not that many people that like talk about it and, and kind of think about things like that much either. Plus we've had, you know, the distraction of COVID and the election and everything to kind of, it it just hasn't like, I haven't been thinking about that stuff in forever. And, um, I don't know, like listening to this, that, that your podcast today really like meant something to me, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, oh yeah, there are people, there are other people that think like this, you know? And like, there is a team, you know? It is like a, a, an understanding. Like he said, uh, I trust you a little bit more if I, you know, if I see that you're like expressing art in some way. You said that the listening to it gave you that? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. But, that trust? Well, no, he said that in the, in the, um, in the podcast, Sule said that, like, if, yeah, you know, you just meet somebody, even from, like, a different culture or something, that you see that they've created, like, this art form, or they're, like, inputting into art somehow, like, you kind of trust them a little bit more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of bridges that, that language barrier. Right. Well, that's yeah. awesome, dude, I appreciate it. I'm glad it could, that's what it's all about. I'm glad it could, uh, it could, uh, make you feel that way. Um, I was really honestly kind of worried about that episode, as cool as it was to sit down with him. Mm-hmm. And as good of an idea he had, like, of ideas he has, um, but um, he hadn't done any, like, interviews or, like, discussions uh, that he put online before, and that was only the second episode for me, so uh, there, was just, <laughs> there was a lot of discomfort <laughs> going on, but I thought it was a really interesting idea, and uh, yeah, yeah, no. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I, I went back and listened to it, and definitely, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, that, like, the actual like through and through in the content of it there was definitely a lot of like stumbling and like i think just nervous nervous energy of like how we verbalize things but i think we still got like all the ideas out like the awkwardness of some of it can be difficult to get through but if you're a diehard especially if you're just kind of a casual listener but if you're like really into podcasts and you're open to like new voices and as they're developing and things like that, then I don't think it's it's that big of a deal. But uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I want to have him on again at some point. That'd be fun. He's, he's cool to talk to. Well, and I think a lot of people our age kind of still like you got to grow out of those like mumbles and stumbles. You know, like the ums, buts, yeah, exactly. ands, likes. You know, all that stuff. Uh, it just kind of in the you knows, dude. The you knows get me so bad because like. You know, you, you know, it's like, I need to know if you know or not. It's like, heard? Like, what? You know what I'm saying? One sec, my dogs are yapping at me. Damn. <laughs> but, I think about, I think you like doing DoorDash and stuff. And like, actually, I know so many people going and doing that stuff and making like decent money doing it, you know? Like that. Yeah, 
it could be like the future of of some you know job employment areas just because a lot of people are going to want stuff delivered now and uh-huh. and people like driving around in their own car dropping shit off and getting paid for it you know yeah that's what i've been saying i like it definitely i mean you it, it's not you're not making bank at least consistently it's kind of like waiting tables where it just kind of depends on service <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair but uh things have definitely been Look, like booming for it even more recently just because of COVID and everything. Everybody's definitely getting shit delivered more, but yeah. I mean, someday they'll make like 25 an hour. That's usually like peak. Sometimes they'll make like 30 even, but really? usually you take gas out of that and wear and tear of your car. It's somewhere <laughs> around like 23, 24 or something. I don't know, maybe less, a little less than that. Yeah. But I really, it's definitely my favorite job I've ever had, and I consider myself like a really social person. But yeah. I think one thing I'm bad about is, like, knowing when to stop. I think, <laughs> I think sometimes I kind of prioritize hanging out and talking to people or something and not... I mean, everybody needs their alone time. No matter how social you are, you got to take care of yourself. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Have you... So think, is it, are, yeah. you, are you saying that you've been, like, not having a lot of alone time recently? Yeah, well, I mean, more so this year for sure, but... I think just door dashing, it's like, because I've been doing that, I've been actually door dashing for going on a couple years now, mm. at least here and there, mm. um, and then it just kind of, just kind of varies as much as far as like how much I do it, but yeah, it, def- it kind of, it definitely, like it forces you to be isolated, and I feel like one of the few times where I am, like, around people when I don't want to be is at work, I just want to be able to do my work and not worry about making friends. Yeah socializing and shit like that and forced small talk and whatnot um yeah so i think it kind of it's definitely helped me with that too and i just i mean you get to listen to podcasts and music so it's like right up my alley as far as what i like to do so yeah no i mean I've, I've, i feel that working as like a server and bartender for so long bro like yeah. I'd, there'd be days where i'd come in and they and then be like I actually served like my general manager and it was like kind of a big deal, but so I was like trying to be cool. Uh, but then afterwards I was like, oh yeah, so how did I do like serving y'all? And they were like, well, you seemed really sad. <laughs> and I was just like, you, you seem really sad? Yeah. They were like, yeah, you seemed really sad. <laughs> I was like, bro, I was just having a bad day. Sorry about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It wasn't until you said some shit. Now I'm sad. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, fuck you. Like I'm allowed to be sad. <laughs> Right, I'm trying to get the pity tips, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's, you gotta do that sometimes, just act like you're really overworked even when you're not, just so you get somebody to slide you a 20. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how have you been doing with, since you kind of recognize that, because I always find that like whenever I get in a funk, I kind of like... I don't really realize I was in a funk until like a month after where I've like my naturally just kind of forced myself to start finding things that are going to make me feel better yeah and then i look back and i'm like oh no i definitely wasn't a funk because i mean even just throughout like the, every just life in general like even if i'm having like several days good days in a row sometimes i'll start to wonder what if i'm like tricking myself and i actually <laughs> have been in a funk when I but then something actually bad will happen and i'll realize okay now i'm definitely like i'm actually funk. things were good good enough before but this is like true discomfort yeah and then you just sort of you you completely forget any memory of that happiness like it's like a distant memory at that point you're just like oh well is it worth it now anymore like i don't know <laughs> like <laughs> when you're in it you're just like oh yeah i totally could just i get why life is worth it the ups and the downs bring them on you know everything and then exactly. and then you get in the down you're like fuck this <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I actually talked about well it's funny on on the last episode I uploaded um, one of articulate it was my buddy and I and we're on very similar wavelengths like in our lives like mentally like we both had depressions and we both had like well and woo, woo, woo. but uh, <laughs> but we we, we, uh, we both had them around the same time and uh so, like, this last episode, we were both, like, riding this wave of just, like, bro, I feel so happy right now. <laughs> and we were just, like, talking about, like, how good everything was, you know, and, like, how, how tight you are. And it's funny because he was actually on a, a an earlier episode when, like, COVID hit that ended in, like, a really depressing, like, era. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was just, like, I, I, 
I don't even know where I was going with that, to be honest with you. It's just like I caught that on camera, that moment of like, oh, yeah, I'm really fucking happy. And then the next day I was rec- like editing it. And I'm like, damn, bro, I'm not even close to how I was in there. <laughs> Oh my god, so quick, dude, and it's it's so fucked up because it's like, bro, just let me enjoy like, like hanging out in it for a minute, you know? Yeah. I don't want to dip my toe in. I want to jump in the pool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you think part? Of, do you think a lot of that was just like caused not even by having a conversation in and of itself, but the fact that you guys like bonded over that, like, were able to put it into words and like. <laughs> kind of recognize that that's what you were feeling yeah yeah that definitely had something to do with it for sure but yeah no i like you were saying like recognizing you're in a funk is like while you're in it it's very difficult but i think it becomes progressively easier because when i like i said last year i was like in a big funk and that's when i really went into creativity so like a big factor for me when i was like it's basically when I get so tired of my own thoughts and I want to say bored in a way, but you're not bored. You're just like tortured by the thoughts, you know, <laughs> you're like, actually, Logan actually said something or th- I don't know where he got it from. It might've been from like, uh, I think it was from a Sam Harris book that we both read, but he said that boredom is not the like inability to, or the, the lack of desire to do anything. It's the inability to, to decide what you actually want to do because when you're bored your mind is actually it's not like blank like it's like your mind is actually race, racing mm-hmm. like you're you're just thinking about all the possibilities and none of them sound, sound desirable so you just get yourself more and more anxious about thinking all about these it. different things because you're not yeah. doing anything you're just thinking and it's like it feels so constant and out of control that yeah. it, the, this becomes like a, a, a cyclical thing. Damn, that's actually like, <laughs> that's like on point, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, dude. That's uh, definitely like a profound thing, one of the profound things I got out of that book that like anytime, and I've always kind of had to say to myself, only boring people get bored, but which I think is kind of <laughs> true, but that definitely, I used to think of that in the way that like boring equals lack of effort or something like that, but that mm-hmm. definitely kind of put a new perspective and spin on it for me to think yeah it's like, like labeling boring with good or bad and sometimes boring is good you know what i mean yeah sometimes like what we actually mean is boring is like a clean slate and nothing to do is like really healthy right yeah good good to do because and I, I try not to get in myself in like as many funks with with uh with like creative stuff because i feel like that and you just you're just being so harsh on yourself that you can't you're not doing anything constructive you're just kind of like complaining and feeling dread about not being good enough mm-hmm. but so i try to make my funks exclusively out of like poor decisions and stuff like that because <laughs> those i can correct and like if, I, if i'm not taking care of responsibilities like my bank account's getting low or i'm not yeah dude, taking care of something i need to take care of then that's easier to pull myself out of it's not like as existential as the the funk I get in if I start questioning whether I want to make anything like filmmaking anymore or, if I, if, or, or like having that existential questions of like, yeah, if I think I'm going to make it in filmmaking or be able to take care of myself or achieve my dreams and long-term things like that. Mm-hmm. Just feel like that doesn't really do anything for me. So I just try to, yeah, you're not I start thinking like that. I try to take a break to take myself away from it. Cause I know if I stop doing anything creative for like a week or two, it's gonna. It's all gonna come flooding back. And oh it's yeah. It's gonna pour out of me, and it'll probably be something that I really like. I at least appreciate more than the last thing I did. Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, it's just taking all that into account. Like, I feel like a lot of the negative thoughts that you're talking about when you when you do judge yourself on those, like it it it, it doesn't. You know, it's called creativity for a reason. Like you're creating something. You know what I mean? So like when you're sitting there thinking about all the things you should do or you have created and like you're judging them and you're like kind of having anxiety about all right well what should I add in this direction you're literally like not putting anything into the world you know what I mean like nothing's gonna like every action has a reaction and you're not creating any action so there's not going to be any reaction whatsoever it's all reaction yeah like made up ideas yeah yeah for sure dude um, yeah, and I mean, I totally, like I, I said, going back to that definition of boredom where you're talking about is it, it really is not deciding what to do. Because 
I mean, I've had a couple off days recently where I, I kind of just, I, you know, I, you do the morning routine and then you kind of just sit there. And, you know, I was just sitting there like listening to music and just like out on, <laughs> it's funny, out on my table, I've been doing this thing where I print out like, uh, I printed out like a Louis C.K. transcript and like a few Dave Chappelle transcripts where I go through and I like highlight the punchlines and like underline the setups and everything kind of just to. And so I had that out on the table. And then I've also been like applying to jobs and I still have homework and stuff. So my laptop was out on the other side of the table with another chair. And then like I also have like the part of the couch where like my food and drink are and like it's set up to like look at the TV you know, and, and there's like, uh, like a workout bar. It's literally like I'm seeing, so I started, I was high <laughs> and I like saw it from like an outside perspective. Like it's literally like a video game. It's like, all right, choose to go here to further your career in comedy. Choose to go here to like, you know, like complete this task faster. You know what I mean? It's like, the, I don't know. I just saw like each potential option I could put time into and then just deciding I don't want to choose one. <laughs> Because it seems so like meta to me in the moment. Uh huh. Um, so that was what, what were the other decisions or the other choices and like options? You said you're making like a, a stem of like different. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's like boredom is like having the these ideas. Like I think a lot of people have have goals that they want to complete in general. You know, it's like oh well, I I want to get a college degree or and then it becomes like your master's and then it becomes like different certificates and stuff like that. Um, or like, oh, I want to be good at stock trading or like, oh, I want to read more books, even like on a little or a smaller scale like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and, and so like it's it's literally like it, I don't know if you've played like Assassin's Creed, but like a lot of games where it's like you level up like certain amount of money, like it's different skills, you know what I mean? There's like the stealth skills and then there's like the warrior skills that you like, you know, you can develop and get different moves for and stuff like that, you know? So it's like, I feel like you are a character in a game <laughs> and like you, you know, whoever's playing us is making the option to like, all right, well, you know, the, well, I want to, you know, work on the, the comedy thing right now. It's like, well, this isn't a, you know, this isn't going to affect us as much in the long term. So, you know, short term, I need to, up, up, you know, work on my resume, like that skill. I need to work on, you know, upgrade that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just stuff like that. Oh, it's just a high thought, you know. <laughs> right. Hey, sometimes this is the best. Yeah, that's really interesting, dude. I think that, uh, yeah, I find myself doing that. I, I, I never used to do that, honestly. Like it was always, it was always very clear to me that like I, I was able to like rationalize everything else to be in pursuit of of filmmaking so nothing felt useless because I like was very accepting of it being such a long journey and path so I never used to like I never used to have that care, that like player mode feeling of considered <laughs> weighing so many different options and feeling like you know I could do this and that could be the rest of my life or I could do this and that could be a part of my life and yeah things like that but the more i started getting into like podcasting and music too that that started to stress me out a lot because it started to it started to become more apparent to me that even as like even if i become a filmmaker like that's not all of who who i am and that doesn't really that won't make me that i can't sustain that like that won't make me happy if i just i'm only a filmmaker right i think that's true of anybody like yes anyone who is just one thing as an artist they're like well i'm also a, a, a brother or a husband or a friend mm-hmm. or i work for this nonprofit, or i started this organization and this charity and shit like that mm-hmm. so i just started to realize how much broader like the that life could be and i'm always like trying to perceive what kind of person i am because it's really hard when you're that kind of, i think when you're an ambitious person because you start to feel responsibility for things you shouldn't <laughs> you start thinking like well if i'm if, if if this person can do it and like i've told myself as a dreamer that if they can do it i can do it and i shouldn't be able to make excuses for myself then you start to think like you can do anything and then you start looking at everybody that way you feel like you can, i almost feel like i get too much inspiration out of stuff too much sometimes like i relate to it too hard Mm-hmm. And then I, and then it starts making me have. Um, it, it said you said it. All those thoughts kind of make you starting starting to have like, what like panic attacks or something. <laughs> yes, I, I don't know if they ever get that like out of hand. Yeah. I feel like I'm, 
my panic attacks have usually been caused by more traumatic things. Right. And I don't yeah, no. Nah. Like, chronic panic attacks. I mean, I used to have them pretty often in, like, high school, mm-hmm. mostly in, like, freshman, sophomore year. And then, like, you were, like, creative outlets started to be, like, a really good therapeutic thing for me. But definitely semblances of that. It's kind of like a similar feeling. It just hasn't got out of hand yet. It's just, like, I guess, like, anxiety, but not full-on panic attacks. Right, but right. Yeah, it's just, like, this, the, the doubts and, like, the uncertainty. I start, I start, I don't embrace, I stop embracing it and start, like, second-guessing all of it. I'm like, <laughs> well, I have too many interests. I'm, I can't be, like, I'm never going to be able to be proficient enough at any of them. In any of them, yeah, yeah no. Just spending more time learning shit. I think it's a combination of those, the second guesses and, like, feeling drained. Mm-hmm. Feeling like I don't have enough energy left over to do, like, the the more mundane things, like the learning and the, or the, you know, folding clothes, like, the, the things that you you want to, to get over with, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And but yeah. I feel like I have those thoughts more now as I get older, but I'm trying, I, I definitely think, like, creative outlets and, like, a, a passion for just making stuff is, is helping me um, not stress about them as much. Right. Because like you were saying, what you were doing, before, like taking notes and, and uh, transcribing like different stand-up comedians that you're inspired by, like that's exact, that's like a huge thing that most comedians, any successful comedian will tell you that you, you should do, but most people don't want to do. And it's like you're getting excited about it and willing to do it. And then five minutes later, you're, that creative mind of the, that made, made you inspired to do that starts to take the reins and drift off and start making you think, okay, what, what else could I do with my entire life? Right. Rather than it's that, yeah, like that overreaction to the, to the actions you haven't even done yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I feel like that's like a direct correlation because of the internet, you know? Like there's just so many yeah. different things that you could like... Oh, yeah, that you could just pursue. And then you get so lost in thought about the things that you could pursue, you don't end up pursuing any of them. Um, and, yeah, no, I just feel like, yeah, it, it's like you're saying, is like, just because you value filmmaking and, like, you know, like, your your art form, as like, that much, is like, what other things can you start putting time into now that you might be missing out on, you know, like... I, I don't know. I, I feel like, again, that's part of the, the the correlation from the internet is like we're just putting so much weight on every little thing now. And it's not just weight, but it's judgment because, you know, everybody yeah. judges everything on there too. So it's like, yeah, if I, wanted, if I wanted to take the time to do the comedy thing, then like there's going to be people judging me as like, yeah, but comedy is just like a side thing or like you shouldn't worry about it. Or, you know, it's not like I'm, I actually think that, but those like echo in your mind sometimes, you know, it's like, uh, at least, uh, maybe for me, uh, that's again more the anxiety thing. But I feel like of, of which thought again? Uh, of, of like you know, if you're putting time into well, even filmmaking, you know, it's like some people are gonna be like, yeah, but you can't make a career out of filmmaking, you know? Right. <laughs> it's just kind of like looked down on for some reason. Just creative, like cre- you know, you doing a creative thing as like your main life, you know? It's right. Like, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely, which is kind of crazy and that people see it that way because it's, what does everybody do when they go home? They watch Netflix, like, especially <laughs> in America. If, if there's anywhere where it's likely that you're going to actually be able to make a career out of applying yourself to it in a creative, it's fucking America. That's what, that's what we are to the world. Like, people are for our culture more than anything. Yeah. That's why we're so rich, but... Yeah, I think just the sheer numbers of people here too. Yeah, it's like a lot. It's hard not to let that that doubt creep in my mind sometimes about whether whether it's true. And it's like, well, who am I to think that I actually could do that? Like, there's people working way harder than me. Mm-hmm. But those are all just it's it's like there's it's it's the same as like uh, some there's that saying that it takes more muscles in your face to frown than it does to smile or something <laughs> like that. So yeah. You got to use the energy either way. So. How many times do I have to have the the doubtful thought to where, I mean, it's never going to completely go away, but hopefully you find ways to make it consume less time. And yeah, it's definitely something that's been on my, on my mind even more. That's it, which is interesting because I didn't really think about how that, I wouldn't have thought, if you hadn't called me up, I wouldn't have thought about how that relates to the conversation that Sule and I are having, uh, not putting so much, not letting, letting this like 
mass mass media uh, situation overwhelm you so much that the only reason you do something is for people to like it or to, to think it's high quality. Cause right. It's kind of a weird defense. I'm not really a lowbrow person, but I actually <laughs> just made an experimental video uh, for one of the covers I did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even, I really, it was one of the first things, I had a lot of fun with it and I made it, I just let myself make it in like a few hours. I didn't even think about anything. It was all just pure instinct. I didn't really think about like a structure, a story. I was just like, let's make it, let's just see what my, what my hands do yeah. when I try to get this shot or I try to cut this together. Let me just go purely on feeling because I have this song, the song's telling the story enough that really I just need the style to fit. Especially in experimental stuff, that makes it, it's kind of a liberate, although it's not my preferred form, it's, it was a liberating thing to do because I didn't like. It, it, made, it makes me think of like what Sule does, where he's done very small projects, just kind of on his own, and they're very, very out there, oftentimes, mm-hmm. kind of abstract and not necessarily extremely like proficient by any means of right. uh, technique and style, professional standard. Right. There's a certain expressiveness to it that's so uniquely him. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't all make sense to me, I can come. I can like. It's, there's enough going on there that I can interpret something out of it or just appreciate the fact that he's doing something. So, yeah, I feel like that's, that's the rawness of it. You know, that's like fully embracing, embracing the present and letting that creativity flow as opposed to preconceiving an idea and like having all that structure and like putting, I don't know, putting too much, like putting effort that is in, that could be considered negative, you know, like, that could be considered work or a job or, you know, just kind of something that you have to do. Um, instead of doing that, it's sitting down and it's just like, well, this is just going to come out, you know? <laughs> like, I'm just going to try it and just going to shit yeah, it out exactly. and see and see what it feels. Shit it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and that's what I like, you know, about the podcasting is because there's times you can come in with things to talk about and, you know, words to say and, and a structure and questions and everything. Or you can just come at it like, Let's just have, let's just sit down and see what happens, you know. Right. Um, right, dude. And yeah, that's the best part about it. Yeah, and so I was actually experimenting today with podcasting, and uh, we're we're recording right now, Joey. You're you're live. You're, this is candid. Are you fucking serious? I am, bro. What? You, did you just fucking punk me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm scanning my brain for all the things I said, like. Did I start talking about vague drug experiences anywhere? Where people start <laughs> no, actually, I no. My whole, I didn't tell my deep, dark secrets, did I? I don't believe so. You just you were just being a genuine human being, sir. <laughs> but yeah, we've been recording this whole time. My fucking dad then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I got high beforehand, too, honestly. I, I didn't... Did you, now, huh? Now the podcast should start here. Now, now we're on even playing field. Yeah, Hi. yeah. Now we can. Now we actually start. Forty minutes in. How dare you take advantage of my sobriety? You caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, you know, I really wanted to see the the real Joey, the the sober Joe. <laughs> this side of me was never meant to be exposed to the world. Yeah. Well, and so no, that's. that's sick, dude. I'm glad you did that. That's a great idea. Call, calling people. Is this the first time you did that? Called somebody up and just did a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it did. I think we had a good conversation, you know. Well, we, you and I, that's the reason, like, I, I did it with you especially because we always have good conversation in general, I, I feel. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, and, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Is like, I haven't had a lot of, like, artistic-minded people around here, but I feel like when you live around artistic-minded people and, like, know more creative people in general, you just have more interesting conversations. And... I don't know. I uh, I miss it, you know. And not to talk shit about people who aren't more inclined. Um, it's like we were talking about, you know. They they they're choosing to to pursue what they want to pursue, um, you know. And different values have different meanings. But personally, I want you know having a common interest is more interesting right. to me. So yeah, everybody's got the. It's so interesting to me that some people can talk about. You've done some really cool episodes of like more. Uh, what's the, what's the word like? industrial type jobs and stuff like environments and, and i haven't listened to all the episodes but i, I see all the all the titles and it, you seem to do like a bunch of different stuff kind of like rogan does where it's like you can be talking to a some uh 
journalist one day and then talking to a comedian and then a uh, MMA fighter yeah whoever you know like you kind of I think that's really cool that you have like such well, a wide variety of uh, uh, curiosity but it's everybody it's weird to think that like some like the people that you're having open up about like I saw you did like a computer science one recently mm-hmm. and my brother's in computer science and that still baffles me like I can never imagine myself doing that or talking to people all the time about computers and stuff but oh yeah no I sound like, I sound so really dumb happens. in that episode <laughs> I sound That's so true. dumb. Because, <laughs> like, I can't understand. I'm just like... to talk about computer science, man. Yeah, but, yeah, no, and, I, I, you know, I'll take that bullet, you know. I'll, I'll act like the dumbass to some people. And that's what I'm saying. And, and that's what the, the, the novelty to Joe Rogan is. Is like, he doesn't mind being the jackass. So, it's like, you know, I, I so I'm like, oh, so this is this, right? And he's like... Maybe I didn't explain that like correctly. I don't think you're really getting it, you know. And it's like, damn. Like I, I just feel like, uh, I, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's not really that important, but uh, no, it makes sense. Like I, you, I think it helps having two people or having someone like that. I think that makes for has gives more potential to an interviewer because that's like its own interest and job in and of itself. Like you don't, as an interviewer, like your job is to not know everything and if you do know all about one subject you probably have you don't know what questions to be asked you don't know how to ask questions you're not a professional question asker or a professional curious mind so right it would it, that's i feel like you put two computer geeks in a room and often sometimes you put two art, like artistic people in a room and they're like it's not as interesting or it feels yeah people don't understand it or like it's some of the times it's, especially with art and like actors i feel like sometimes it feels fake like I'd, yeah, I'd much prefer watching Rogan interview uh, some actor, like a famous actor. I'm trying to think of who my favorite one is that he's he's probably done it with. I don't know. He's done a bunch, but uh, a lot of you do. It's you get a different vibe from him doing that than sometimes you do actors that are talking to each other because they have some sort of. No, yeah. I mean, it's like when you know, I, I like I do it myself sometimes. Like if you were not, if you and I were like at a party and there were like two other people around and then we just start talking about like Martin Scorsese or just like Quentin Tarantino or something and just go down that rabbit hole of a conversation and like the other people don't even like they're like, yeah, I mean, I've seen Django. <laughs> you know? Then, then you know it's it's just a little different you know so like i i get that yeah and so yeah that's why and i mean that goes back to the the episode with sule uh, it was it, it, you were talking about just like kind of you know just doing all different sorts of things just to make different content and like kind of understand you know bring collaboration together in a way it's like these different worlds these different industries it's just like all can be part of a, a bigger thing you know i don't know exactly because they all there's an overlap in all of, all of it obviously like the reason i mean say what you will especially in america but i mean say what you will about it for all of its problems one thing we get right i think is the way we creatively approach our culture in a way especially like with creative things but i think one thing we're kind of fall, starting to fall behind in is like an ability to communicate with each other when we uh, people especially with social media and stuff are starting to isolate and put themselves in bubbles where they're just they getting they reaffirmed to talk to computer geeks you know and there's plenty right. of people that won't do things like that i should probably stop calling them computer geeks <laughs> let, me, let me just ex- clarify that i, I take technicians that and weird and strange those are all positive those are endearing terms yeah in terms of it exactly <laughs> but i think i mean it's funny because i come from the other perspective and i kind of i definitely felt the same way going into art school and then I came out of it and was kind of like, I'm kind of sick of being around artistic people. And that's why, like, senior year, I did kind of isolate myself. Not like, sometimes it was personal, sometimes it wasn't, mm-hmm. for good or bad reasons, whatever. But right. at the end of the day, I mean, there does, like, I think some one of the mortal flaws of artists sometimes is that they, they think they're, they've got everything figured out and they think they have, like, a more cultured and tasteful eye for how they see the world and see things and what's important and what's not important and Mm -hmm. they can't empathize with people that are computer geeks or want to care about stuff but the reality is is like i think a lot of that's just young people and ignorance and a sense of ego overcoming their ego still right which we're all obviously dealing with but that's one thing that i've tried to get over and not and kind of see through is like you should have an interest to talk to computer geeks because those are the people that are doing the CGI for the fucking fantasy movie you want to yeah. make. You know, like you gotta 
got to care about what they care about, even if you don't understand it. Yeah, well, and that's what, so having that computer engineer guy on, like, through a lot of the episode, it was kind of hard for me to follow and kind of hard for me to be interested in a way. But I was still like, he was very good. That's why I liked him. I love the guy because he's hilarious. And he was very good about like keeping it kind of uh, lighter and less dry. And also like at the end, something that really kind of like hit it home for me was just like, you know, I, I was like, yeah, so, you know, just kind of why, like what got you interested? Like what in like, what do you still like about it and what keeps you motivated to keep doing it? And, you know, the question wasn't as eloquently put as that, but uh, it was like, you know, he was he said something about how, like, there's just a, a, like a beauty to it. There's like a grace of making, uh, of like turning actual like hardware into like software, things that just kind of like turning, uh, you know, like the physical into some sort of like electronic reality wow. was just like amazing to him. And I was like, damn, yeah, like. That's an art in itself, you know what I mean? Like, right. That's exactly what I was gonna say. That that is that's such an artistic thought. Like that poetry right there. Right. I really think that way with everything. And like going back to what we were saying earlier, one, I think for people like you and me, that's probably why we also get in funks pretty frequently about obsessing over all the options because you can't you can't want to be. It's hard to have a that curious of a mind and not start to like criticize yourself for not being an expert or start to expect yourself or think that you're expect that you're like the, the person that wants to know everything or at least is open to trying to know as much as they can and learn about everything which isn't i think accepting that that can't be the case either is also it's probably good when you're in that position because then you you start to you know, it starts to lose its its charm and its its shine when you try to be that person instead of letting other people fill that role right in the spaces that they, they right uh, they do so it's like <laughs> I, I love that I can appreciate that somebody can think that artistically about computer stuff and me not have the the same exact feeling with that but completely totally understand the feeling like if somebody loves something that is passionate about it. Mm-hmm. We can, I can bond over it all day with them. Oh yeah, dude, and and yeah, and and I mean, like you noted, like that's what I love. That's what the whole point of like articulate for me is. You know, is like for people to articulate that passion, that that thing that keeps them going. Like, and I had a you know a, an older lady that I worked with on a couple weeks ago, and she, for, yeah, <laughs> uh, and for her it was uh, you know it was like family and like faith and endurance, and like I'm not a religious person. But, you know, I, I wanted to hear what she had to talk about it on that, like, in that way, because she was so passionate, like, it got her through so many things, you know what I mean? Um, so it's it's just, like, kind of hearing that passion and hearing what, where the beauty comes from in the world, that's, that's, and, and that's the answer for, for the, the funks to me, is, is just getting into that energy. Mm. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's the truth. <laughs> well, I appreciate you uh, you jumping on this <laughs> this uh, like uh, first time, yeah, like punked type of thing. I've been thinking of just different. <laughs> there's like honestly, like I'm trying to adapt, right? Because like what I've been doing is has been working, but I'm also around less people. Like I was saying, just in general, and you work more and whatnot. And I want to experiment with different experiment with different forms of the audio arts, you know. <laughs> so For like. Sure. So, like, the story thing, you know, for episode 50, but also I did, like, characters back in the day. I kind of want to try that again, but, like, you know, just trying different, you know, I just did the the Donnie Darko script reading, (laughs) like, I just, it was, you just read the entire script? Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, Oh, that's great, dude. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna watch the director's cut and then, and then listen to that. Yeah. You should. I've never seen the director's cut. Really? Dude. Uh-huh. Definitely. It starts out with a different song than, than the theatrical cut. And you know this when the song is different, like, it's just a whole different vibe, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you definitely should watch the director's cut. You don't have to listen to the whole thing. I know it's like a two and a half hour uh, podcast, but... Are it, you kidding me? Yeah. It, well, two it's like... Two and a half hour podcasts are it, my bread and butter, as are <laughs> movies and reading scripts when I can so that'll make it really easy to when I get tired of music and other podcasts that are conversations I can throw that on long door dashing yeah yeah that's fair <laughs> and, and it, it is interesting to see what like what parts are different and what parts were kind of more natural to the actors 
and, and stuff like that. So. Oh, you had like actors do it too? It wasn't just you? No, it was just me, but like reading the script is like the lines are different. I was talking about like oh, the actors okay. in the movie, like what they kind of took and ran with versus like what the actual script reads. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that'll be really cool for me to watch it then and then like do it back to back. I'll have to watch it one night and then, and then listen to that the next day. Honestly, I can see myself liking that a lot more. I don't ever listen to audiobooks just because like. I don't even look at read tablets unless it's like an article just because I feel like there's something <laughs> so rooted in me as like it for, from that transition as the kids that went from handheld books to like tablets and whatnot. Like, right. That's what that, as far as reading goes, like that's my preference. I really like to have the book with me, but I feel like with screenwriting, because sometimes that can be a barrier with me for, with reading it, uh, that I don't want to, I don't do it as often because it just feels like why wouldn't I just like watch a movie? But there are so many benefits to like reading a screenplay and, and oh yeah, and, uh, definitely like it, taking the time to think about. It. So it'd be really cool to listen. I'm sure I, listening to it would be honestly be a better alternative for me. Make me do it more often. Like I wonder if are there others? Or is that a common thing? Are there any other podcasts or like that read scripts like that? I uh-huh. I actually don't know. You know, like I said, I'm experimenting here. I'm trying things out, so I haven't really like looked oh, yeah, into dude. it. Um, that's great keep it fresh and, and funky honestly <laughs> watch it. you're gonna fuck around and get picked up for like a multi-million dollar uh, alternate podcast where they or just like a segment of articulate too where you have like a second show within it where it's just you getting paid to voice act all of these different screenplays <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the dream bro that's what i'm headed for <laughs> there's a demand for it dude i guarantee it i bet most filmmakers I'm like a lazy filmmaker that doesn't even read screenplays, and and that sounds extremely enticing to me. So think about all the people that do read screenplays. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You're breaking out the big brain, dude. (laughs) Think you're you're thinking like Zuckerberg. I just watched Social Network again the other night. I hadn't seen it in a few years. Yeah, I remember it being pretty good. Is it? Yeah, dude. It's one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite performances. It's so like simple in how it's made, but uh, it's like the classic Fincher style, which yeah. say what you will about his movies or his stories. Some people think they're, they pale in comparison to just his sharp style, but I think that movie is like borderline flawless just because of how it's just, it's all it is. is just the dialogue and the characters. It breaks it, everything down. There's no, there's no gags or gimmicks or anything like yeah. that. It's just pure storytelling and it, it's so compelling. It's so heartbreaking too. Just like, money and ideas and insecurities and friendships like uh getting torn apart um yeah definitely it meant it meant a lot more to me watching it now that i'm in college too and after college because it's in that setting and when i was a kid i used to just fantasize and be like wow this looks all it kind of felt like more like wolf of wall street like it wasn't grandiose but it's very it's just very college stereotypical with a billionaire mind (laughs) into into the mix yeah yeah no Really good, but I don't know. Or that's what I was gonna say. Is ever since watching it that night, I feel like I'm trying to think of what the, what is in demand for the world. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't think. What? And I, I think filmmaking and art is my my main thing. But I'm trying to think of like Zuckerberg. What? Right. That was an artistic thing in a way. Like social. And kind of like Sule was saying in that episode too. Like Facebook is. I mean, I'll, it's like Facebook and Instagram at this point. Maybe, I mean, Twitter is very influential, though I think that's kind of like a young people thing. Mm-hmm. Instagram kind of is. It's kind of somewhere in between. And then Facebook is like old people thing, <laughs> so, sort of, I guess. But like, that was the OG. Like, And Facebook owns all these. Right. Well, Instagram, not Twitter, I guess. But I guess what I'm getting to is like, that is that's his canvas. He created something that was, that was his art. You can see it in the performance too in, in Eisenberg, where he's like, he launches the website, and you feel like he just made his magnum opus, like he just fucking oh made his, yeah, like a butterfly or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's that energy, you know, that 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 feeling that just like pulse <laughs> pulsates throughout your body. Yeah. It's just no, like we, we just need the good parts of Facebook, though. We need to, to bring people together, but it's hard to put things out that are in demand, right? And then people not abuse them. Yeah. <laughs> You'll make the screenwriting audiobooks, and then people will abuse them. Yeah, they'll start being like they're <laughs> they're copyrighted or something, and people get like pissed off about. It. I don't know. Yeah, right. there's right. no downsides. You because you said the n word when you read 
Shit. <laughs> <laughs> too much power. Yeah, too much power. Goddamn internet, dude. It's the it's our overlord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, yeah, I think uh, you know probably probably a good idea to wrap her up here. Um, yeah, we'll just keep, we'll also, keep going if we don't. Yeah, I mean, also, <laughs> also, aren't you door dashing right now? Is that happening? I actually I pulled yeah no I pulled over just to get, but, uh, to keep talking to you to focus. So I didn't. <laughs> that worked out really well uh really good to try something out and uh you know i actually haven't sat down to do just like an improv conversation type thing in a while maybe i don't know if i went through the past episodes i mean we've always had like a topic or something going into it so just to sit down with somebody and be like well let's just have a conversation uh really felt good and especially with joey just because again we always have a good conversation and like honestly our conversation went on way way longer after that um but you know there's just there's just so much uh, that's relevant and i don't know um there's some personal stuff too that we, we had to talk about so you know none of your business so um appreciate you listening trying going through this experiment with me i uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as i did and i hope you have a good week Okay, thanks for listening. I love you, amen. Okay, bye. Oh, 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 oh.